Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Well, we're in the middle of a series. The series is on the book of Philippians, and we call it a book, but it's not so much a book. It's actually a letter that Paul wrote, and this letter was to the first church that he ever planted in Europe. And that was the church in Philippi. And so Paul writes this letter to the church, not because they're not doing well, but because they're going through things as a church. See, the, the city of Philippi was a city that was filled with Roman veterans. And because it was, they were given special tax-exempt statuses, but the people were extremely patriotic about uh, their city and about Caesar and the Roman Empire. And of course, as people became Christians, uh, they encountered persecution because the city was so patriotic about their Roman gods and, and, and what they believed in. And so Paul writes this letter to the church in Philippi with advice on how to handle trials. And I thought that would be, that's so helpful for us this week. Trials that we're going through and trials that we're facing. And Paul writes this from prison. And so Paul writes this letter from prison to encourage these people. I want to read to you out of Philippians chapter 1 verses 12 to 14. This is what Paul says. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Every season has the power to shape your life. Every season. Every trial that you go through. It just depends how you handle that season, how you handle the trial. I remember when I was younger, I went through a season in my own life. I got an illness when I was a kid and that illness affected my central nervous system and meant that I was uh, no longer able to send messages to the rest of my body. Because of that, it meant that I had to go to physiotherapy for years to learn how to walk again. I had to wear calipers uh, to high school. And when I was going through that season in my life, I remember, remember asking God, like, why am I going through this? And not just why am I going through this, but Lord, where are you in this? And why haven't you healed me? And, and, and why is this something that I have to face? Why do other people not have to go through this? And I don't know if anybody really grows out of those questions sometimes when you're going through things that are really tough. And maybe for you today, that's where you find yourself. In a season, in a situation, and let's face it, for many of us, maybe this is the question that we're asking this week. Why am I going through this? Why do we have to face this circumstance and the situation as we are currently facing today? I think that tough seasons introduce you to yourself. You know, tough seasons really show you who you are. And sometimes we think that we can handle a certain amount of pressure. One of the things that I have discovered is that you don't understand how much pressure you can handle until you're under the weight of it. Like I remember when I was younger and I decided that I was going to join a gym and it seemed like a good idea at the time, but I had never actually been to a gym. And so I went in one day and I saw the bench press and I looked at the weights and having never actually lifted weights before, I thought, I can do this. And so I hopped under the weights and I, I had the strength to be able to lift the bar off the rack, but the moment that I did, that thing just crushed me. 
And I'll tell you, like, I, I thought that I had the power to lift that weight, but I'll tell you the truth, I, I didn't. And sometimes it's not till you get underneath the weight that you realize you don't have the power to lift it. Many years ago, I had a friend of mine who I invited to church and he came and he gave his life to Jesus and I led him through the prayer and oh man, this guy was so excited about having his faith in Jesus. I remember I saw him a couple of days later and I asked him how everything is going and he said, I'm not so sure I wanna do this anymore. I said, why not? I said, what's, what's the problem? What's happening? He said, well, he said, I've tried God, but I don't think he works. And I was thinking like, what do you mean you tried him, but he didn't work? Like God is not a t-shirt that you put on and wear around to feel if it's comfortable. Like, can I get away with this? Do I move well in this? Is this what I want? Like it, it, you don't try God on. It's not some added extra thing that you just try to stick on to your life. And I said to him, what's really your problem? He says, well, God doesn't work. I said, well, what were you expecting? I think as Christian people, one of the things that we really need to understand is that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that your life is going to be perfect. In fact, the truth is that for many of us, we're going to go through seasons and circumstances that are way beyond what we would ever want for ourselves or hope for ourselves. In fact, the one thing that Jesus promised, He said, hey, in this world, you will have tribulation. And He said, but take heart for I have overcome the world. Now, the last part is super encouraging. But the first part is He says, you will have tribulation. The one thing that we are guaranteed of as Christian people is that we're gonna go through trials. We're gonna go through tough things at times. And the Apostle Paul is writing this letter and he is under pressure because he is in prison because he is preaching the gospel. He is not there because he's done something wrong. He's not in prison because he's made a mistake and somebody has caught him. That's, that's not persecution. That's, that's punishment because you did the wrong thing. Paul is in prison because he's been preaching the gospel. See, when I say the gospel, I don't know what that means to people, but this is what I want to tell you. The gospel is the most encouraging, outrageously encouraging and uplifting message that you will find anywhere on the planet. Here's what the gospel is really all about. The Bible says that God loved the world so much that He gave His only Son and whoever believes in Him will not perish, but they will have eternal life. It says that the Son of Man, and that's Jesus, that He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world would be saved by Him. See, the whole reason that Jesus came to planet Earth was to save the world. And if I say He's got to save the world, it's like, hey, well, what's He got to save it from? And we would tell you that it's from sin. Now, when I say sin, I reckon there's a thousand people thinking a thousand different things today. So let me just go ahead and define sin for you so you know what it is. If you were to take an arrow and try to hit a target and you just missed the bullseye, you would be in a margin of error. The Bible says that margin of error, that that is sin. In other words, you've been created and made for a purpose. But when you don't fulfill that purpose and you make mistakes in life, the Bible calls that error sin. Now, the thing that we all need to understand is that every single person has sinned. Every single person has made a mistake, me included. And the Bible says that what Jesus will do will pay the penalty for your sins. When you ask 
God into your heart and into your life. He forgives you for all of your sin. What does that mean? It means you will go on to live with Him in eternity forever. Now that is the message of the gospel. There is no part of that that says your entire life from the moment you give your life to Jesus will be easy. That's not in there. And the Philippians are concerned because as Paul continues to preach the gospel, the Philippians are saying, don't you realize what will happen if you do? If you continue to preach the gospel, that will bring persecution to us. If you preach the gospel, you're gonna give unwanted attention on the church. We don't really want you to be doing what you're doing right now, Paul. So we're actually a little bit ashamed of the fact that you're even in prison. But if you could just keep the message to yourself, that would be so good for us. See, I've learned that you can escape pressure if you keep silent about it. But that is not why you've been created. That's not what you have been made for. Jesus said, in this world, you'll have tribulation. The word tribulation, it actually means pressure. It's pressure. There's an organization on the planet that measures the persecution of Christian people all around the world. In fact, they say that one in eight Christians is severely persecuted for their faith. And they measure persecution. And here's how they measure it. They measure the trials, the pressure, and the persecution. They measure that pressure. It's the pressure that determines how bad the persecution is. It's all about the pressure that you go through. And one of the things that I've discovered is when you're in a pressure situation, it's really easy to think, why am I here? Why am I in this? God, why am I going through this? Your mind can start to wonder. I think it's easy in that season to confuse pressure for punishment. Sometimes you confuse persecution for punishment. I wanna tell you something that I think is incredibly important today. Every time that you make a mistake, if you're a follower of Jesus, every wrong thing that you've done has been wiped away. If you're a follower of Jesus, you don't have to wonder if God is punishing you today for something you did yesterday that was taken care of 2,000 years ago. And I think that one of the problems that we have today is that we have too many people that think that God is punishing them for the wrong things that they've done, even though they put their faith in Jesus. This is what we call karma Christianity. And karma Christianity works like this. The reason I'm in trouble today is because of the thing I did yesterday. That is not how that works. I wanna tell you though, when it comes to the gospel, there is no karma in Christianity. I thought it was worth mentioning today that the coronavirus is not God punishing people for their sins. That's not what that's about. God loves people. God loves you. He wants to know who you are. He wants a relationship with you. But when you're in pressure and you don't know who He is and you don't have people around you that'll support you and help you through it, you can think some crazy things. That's why we always say it's so important to have a small group. People around you that say, you, you cannot think like that. That can't be the thoughts that are going through your mind right now. Man, if anyone ever wondered 
if God was with them, or if anybody should have wanted that, it should have been the Apostle Paul. He's the one that should have wondered the most. If you look at the Apostle Paul, his career got off to a flying start. He did so well, persecuting the church. And he was very righteous in all the things that he did and who he was as a person. And so he was doing really well until around about the time that he decided to follow Jesus. In fact, I want to read a scripture to you. This is something about Paul, part of an excerpt from his own life. He says this after making a decision to follow Jesus, looking back over his life in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, he says, five times I received at the hands of the Jews, 40 lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned and like not recreationally, n- not, it wasn't for fun. It was with actual stones. And so here he is and he's stoned. It says three times he was shipwrecked. Three times he was shipwrecked. That is just seems so unlucky, doesn't it? A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, I was in danger from rivers. Who's in danger from a river? Like you can't see that coming, but he was in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from his own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. Man, this guy takes a missions trip. You do not want to go with him. There's nothing, nothing is working out for Paul. I mean, I'm reading this. I feel like I don't even know if God was really with him in the middle of all of this. He says this, he was in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night uh, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Here is Paul going through the most difficult stuff that anyone could ever go through. And if anyone ever thought, I don't know if God is with me, you would think it would be Paul. But that's not how this works. See, when you're under attack, you know you're on track. When you're under attack, you know that you're probably going the right direction. You know, we don't tell new Christians this stuff. We wait till they give their lives to Jesus. And then later on, we tell them how it works. It's like when you give your life to Jesus, These are the terms and the conditions that you signed when you asked Jesus into your life. But they matter. Jesus said, the world will hate you because it hates me. And the reason that the world hates Jesus is because the message that He brings is so countercultural to everything that we're exposed to. See, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're not receiving any opposition, eventually you have to ask yourself, am I headed the right direction? Because when you're headed the same way as the world and you're going the same direction, you never bump into anything. It's the moment that you give your life to Jesus, the moment that you start to head upstream, the moment that you turn and go another direction, eventually you should run into something. You should have a head-on crash with the enemy of your soul. You should have a head-on crash with our culture because you've changed your life. You're different. You're going in another direction. You know, I remember when I was younger and I wanted to be a pastor. To be honest, I just wanted to be a team pastor. I didn't really want to be a senior pastor. The reason I didn't is because I thought it's too much drama. I'm like, I don't want that. 
I would rather someone else lead the thing and I'll just be on team. Because I felt like if you were the senior leader, that you would attract all the attention. So it was much easier for me to sit on team than to be the person that's up front. And that's just honestly how I felt. I, I didn't want to face the pressure. I didn't want the pressure. And the thing that I've discovered is, if you don't want the pressure, because you don't want to pay the price, you just keep silent. You don't have to say anything. I always get concerned these days about people that don't want to be genuine maybe about who they are or what their belief is in. It's like you could go to their social media account and you could check it out and there's nothing in there about the fact that they are a follower of Jesus. Sometimes I feel like people are too concerned with their own followers instead of being concerned about making people Jesus' followers. I mean, that's why we're here. That's what we exist for. I remember years ago, I, I said this thing to God. I said, you died for me, so I'll live for you. So that whole thing about, I don't know if I want to lead a church or I don't know if I want to be the senior leader. Honestly, after I, after I prayed that prayer, I thought, you know what? It doesn't matter anymore because whatever I want is unimportant. It's all about what God wants. And I, I thought the idea of being persecuted for what you believe in is so perfect for today since we are streaming this message online. You know, if you go out and say what you believe, you can always count on at least one hero with a keyboard that wants to share their helpful perspective and opinion with you. And it's not always that helpful, but they're going to do it anyway. I mean, if you continue to live this life, eventually you're going to run into something or someone. It's, it's going to happen eventually. But the Apostle Paul, here he is. He's going through so much more difficult stuff than we could ever imagine or dream of. And he writes to the Philippians and he's saying, Philippians, why are you trying to get out of something that you can't avoid? If you do this life right, if you do this life well, then the pressure, the persecution, the trials, the issues of life, there'll eventually be something that you're going to hit. Your message is the opposite of what the world values. It's not going to work together. And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I think, man, how are you supposed to handle this? And we live in a world where it's increasingly going this direction. Like, how are we going to handle that? Well, the Apostle Paul understood something. And I feel like if we could understand what the Apostle Paul understood, then that would change our lives. See, Paul understood that God did not send this, but God is still in this. Like God did not send this trial, but God is with you in your trial. Listen, God did not send your circumstances, but God is with you in the middle of your circumstances. And I think it's so important to understand that because there's a lot of people that maybe have the wrong idea about God. 
thinking that he's sending them all the bad stuff that they're receiving in life. No, that's, that's not what God wants for you at all. Man, God loves you. He wants to do nothing but pour good things into your life. And I say this because I know that there are many people, and I think about it today, as people are sitting in their homes, secluded from the world that's around them, wondering how they got to be in this place or or why they're there or why they have to go through this. Hey, I wanna tell you that God did not send this, but I promise you that God is in this. And God can use this situation, this coronavirus, just like He can use any circumstance, any trial you face, anything that you're going through. He can use your challenge and do something incredible with it. The Apostle Paul says, guys, Philippians, I don't know what you think has really happened here, but let me tell you, because what's happened, which is his imprisonment, he's in prison right now for preaching the gospel. He says, this thing that's happened has actually served to advance the gospel. You thought that maybe God had locked me up. You thought that people had persecuted me and kept me away. He says, no, it hasn't worked like that. In fact, Paul says, the whole imperial guard knows the reason I'm in prison and they know it's all about Christ. The imperial guard was 9,000 highly paid soldiers that took that message to their homes and their families. And so this thing that was meant to shut down the gospel was the very thing that ended up advancing the gospel. And see, what I'm saying to you is that you don't always understand that the challenge that you're in, the season that you're facing, you don't know what God can do with it if you give it to Him. Because one of the things that you need to notice about Paul is that he didn't realize what was going on until he continued to preach the gospel. See, if Paul had to quit because he said, God's not in this, then he would never have understood what God could do with it. Did you notice that Paul had to preach first to realize that his trial was the start of his testimony. Can I tell you today that oftentimes your testimony begins with the trial that you're facing. And it's when you handle the season that you're in, the trial that you're facing, and you continue to pursue God in the middle of it, that that's what begins to shift your circumstance. You might have no idea what God could have done if you quit halfway. God may have sent your trial. May, God did not send your trial. But God is with you in your trial. So keep going. When you're under pressure, or you feel like you're on trial, or you feel like your circumstances are beyond what you can manage or you can control, you got to remember something. Jesus said, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And it's so important that you understand that because we are people that live by faith, not by fear. We are people that walk by faith and not by sight because often what you see can contradict what God says. And then you have a choice to make. We are people that walk by faith and not by feelings. The truth is, is that there are times when you will feel like God is not with you. 
But the moment that you feel like that, you just have to get back to what God's Word says and realize that He said, I'll never leave you. See, I don't want to be a person that's given to my feelings. Like every time something goes wrong, I have to ask the question, God, are you really with me this time? I just want to know because I don't feel it. I don't have to feel God to know that He's with me. Like God's character is not on trial when things begin to go wrong in my life. I know who He is. We have history. And when I checked my history, I realized that He is the God who gave up His only Son for me. And if He was going to give up His Son for my future, I don't have to wonder what's happening in my present. I never have to worry about it. I want to read to you what Paul writes in Philippians 4 verses 4 to 8. He says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Man, always. I don't know if that leaves a lot of room. I feel like it's pretty exhaustive. I feel like it's all-encompassing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Man, everyone can rejoice in the Lord when everything's going well. I think the point that Paul makes is rejoice in the Lord even when things aren't going well and watch what he does with it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness or gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Man, that's just a good word for someone today. Stop being anxious. There is no situation that you could be facing right now that God hasn't already seen, that He didn't know was coming. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. You may have a grasp of the situation. You may very well understand the circumstance that you're in. But the Word of God says the peace can surpass what you know is true. It says, let that peace guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen to this verse 8. He says, finally, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. Listen to this. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, man, think on these things. Do you have anything that's worthy of praise today? You're not looking for all the right things if you're totally focused on how things are going wrong in your life. Can you find something that's worthy of praise today? Can you find something that's worth giving God some praise to, giving God some glory? You should stop right now where you are and just give God some praise for the situation that you're in because it could be a lot worse than it is right now. Whatever is praiseworthy, you should think on these things. Man, Paul says rejoice so many times. I think the reason that Paul says rejoice is because Paul understands that if God is with him, who could dare be against him? If God is with him in his season, in his trial, in his circumstance, in his situation, then it's going to end up working out okay. 
Paul says it doesn't matter what you're going through as long as God is with you. There's a couple great stories in the Bible as I finish this message today. One of the stories is about three guys who lived many years ago in a culture that believed the opposite of what they think and they went through trials and persecution. The names were Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And here they were surrounded by a culture that demanded that they, that they worshipped a God that they had created. They, the king, King Nebuchadnezzar had built this golden statue and he said, hey, you got to bow down and worship our gods. And he said, if you don't do it, what we're going to do is we're going to throw you into the fiery furnace. And he says, who is the God that could save you from my hand? They say, King, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Our God can rescue us from this situation, from this trial, from our circumstances. But even if He doesn't, we're not going to bow down and worship Him. I mean, we have the kind of faith that is not dictated by the circumstance that we're facing. It doesn't matter what happens from here. God can rescue us, but if He doesn't, we're still sticking with Him. Man, the king was so mad. He's like, make that fire hot. He grabbed those guys and they threw them into the furnace. And then he's watching them. And he sees him. And he sees in the fire that there are one, two, three guys that he threw in, but he says, there's a, there's a fourth person in there. And the king himself says, he looks like the son of man. See, their circumstance hadn't changed. They were thrown into the fire. That thing still happened. But the thing that saved them, the thing that protected them, the thing that allowed them to get out of that furnace and not smell like smoke wasn't the fact that God changed their circumstances. It was that He was with them in the middle of their circumstances. See, that's what you need in life. That's what you need. You need the presence and the power of God with you. And as you start to read the Bible, you'll see so many stories about God being with people in their circumstances. And then it gets even better. You flick from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And you see the story about the early church. Jesus commissioned the church and He said, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Those were concentric circles that began to be worked out. He said, You'll be my witnesses, but don't do anything until the presence of the Holy Spirit comes. And so there they were, a bunch of guys huddled up in one room. Gosh, it sounds like how we're living today. In fear, in trepidation, what are we supposed to do? They're praying, they're staying away from everyone. It says, then there came a sound, like a mighty and rushing wind. See, in the Old Testament, God was with people. In the New Testament, God is in people. Here's where this gets really good. The people that were afraid of persecution, fear, trials that they could go through, the moment they're filled with the presence and the Spirit of God, 
They go straight out the next day and preach to a group that is so likely to just want to persecute them. I mean, 50 days earlier, they put Jesus on the cross. And now here Peter is preaching the Word to a bunch of people who listen. And the moment that they hear the words, they are cut to the core. They said, hey, what do we got to do? Thousands of people were added to the church in that day. What happened? What was the difference? The difference is not that just God can be with you, but God can feel you. God could be with in you. See, there is a power that's in you that's greater than the power that's in the world. I mean, so many people around the world are facing pressure right now. We're all going through it. We're all in our own way, in our own circumstance where we're working through our trials. But there's a power inside of you that's greater than the pressure that's going on around you. And when you pray, you start to release that power. That's why you got to speak to it. That's why you got to pray. You're going to be maybe huddled up in your home for the next couple of months. Who knows how long this could last for? What will you do with that time? Don't just spend your time focusing on your fears. Start to speak to your situation. Start to speak to your circumstance. There's a lot of people that know the name coronavirus. I want to tell you that there's a name above that name. There's a name above that name. That's why you got to pray. You got to remember that the trial that you're going through is still smaller than the God who's leading you. It's still smaller. Pressure has a way of dominating your thinking. That's why every now and then you got to give yourself a good talking to. I don't know if you ever do that. I do that from time to time. Every now and then you catch a thought that's running through your head. It's going to be full of fear. You're worried. You're concerned. What are you going to do with it? You talk to yourself. Hey, that's not what I believe. I'm not going to buy into that. I, I, I know who I am and I know what I believe and I'm not listening to anything else. The Apostle Paul, he finishes his letter as he's getting towards the end of his letter. He says this, Philippians 4, 11 to 13. He says, not that I am speaking of being in need. For I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, in any in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then he comes to what I think is probably one of the most famous passages of Scripture you'll hear anywhere. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Maybe the reason why your strength is failing is because you're doing it in your own strength. And here's what I want to do this morning. I want to pray for people that feel like they're coming to the end of their strength, coming to the end of their capacity, the end of their ability. You don't want to do it with your strength. 
He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I wanna pray that Christ strengthens you today. I wanna pray that God encourages you today. To me, it doesn't matter whether you believe in Jesus or not. Maybe this is the very first time you've ever heard a message like this, but I wanna tell you that today, God wants to encourage you and strengthen you. So all over this place, why don't you close your eyes, bow your heads, wherever you are today, however you're listening today, why don't you just close your eyes for one minute and listen to these words. God loves you so much. He loves you so much. Father, I pray for every single person that's going through a trial right now that feels like their strength is failing them. They feel like they don't know what to do. They're concerned, they're anxious, and they're worried. And I pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, that You would begin to strengthen them, that You'd lift them up, that they'd hear the sound of your voice, that they wouldn't focus on their fear, but God, they would lean into you, that they would focus on you. And God, I pray that you'd come and just begin to minister to hearts right now. God, I pray that you begin to set people free of fear, of anxiety, of worry, and of concern. Lord, for many people, as they move forwards in life, as they do all the things that Paul said, as they advance the gospel, they're gonna encounter opposition. Lord, fill them with courage, fill them with faith and fill them with peace. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.